Wait, right. wait, wait, no, wait. Whitney has to react to this picture I'm sending her before we record. Okay. Okay. Well, the recording's so already cut, happening. Cut this part out. So, patrons, enjoy <laughs> this experience. There's a secret photo. All right, Jurassic Park movies. We're ranking them. Welcome to the Master of Modern Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, and here with my co-host, Ben Bateman, and my wife, Whitney Kessler. Uh, right. And we are in the midst of Ixalan preview season, um, and... Uh, and we're excited to rank both these Jurassic Park cards, give our one, uh, you know, nine out of ten stars rankings to them, uh, as What's well as Ixalan. Ixalan is the uh, Mesoamerica a themed plane. It's a plane filled with pirates, dinosaurs, vampire themed conquistadors, and mm. um, and uh, like merfolk. Okay, so like does the Jurassic Park fit in that? Well, because it's the, it's the dinosaur plane. It yeah, was the dinosaur. first plane. It's the dinosaur part of that. It, it's the it's the first plane. It's the first place Magic ever went where dinosaurs were considered like a, an official creature type. Because you had and dinosaurs, you had old school dinosaur cards. Yeah, they were called they were called beasts. The creature no, type know, dinosaur did not exist before. I am surprised that we didn't get like functional reprints or not functional reprints, but like I'm surprised they didn't give us like Pygmyallosaurus. But they like, ratted all form? of them. They all they were ratted to be dinosaur. I believe. Okay, Pygmy Allosaurus is a dinosaur. Say words and I can't follow. What is a a ratted? A rata a rata is the um, went back and old cards. The rules text were changed with the, to them in like the official rules. So like if you look at the card, it says creature type beast. But if you look on like wizards.com, look up the card, it'll say like creature type dinosaur now it'll be it'll have like a little like it's it would be like it would be like if we had like ice rope and ice hoop and then we made a ball that had like ice film in it or something it's a running and change. then and then years later it became the ice ball and it was errated to be part but of the ice that line a word that exists outside of magic yeah it's like a legal term oh okay Errata. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's a thing that'll happen sometimes also when you're looking at an old card and you're reading it and it like doesn't make a lot of sense and then you can look it up the actual text, like not what's printed on the card, but like the legal text that the card means. And sometimes there's been like an errata to change it so that it's not so confusing. Because like magic in the 90s had like words that didn't make any sense on cards. Yeah. And I think I think like they just have to it's a it's a way for them to update stuff. Uh, but yeah, so so the reason the reason that this was so 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 what's happened is magic the gathering is now adding out of universe product so today's episode is the universe is beyond review we're going to be reviewing a bunch of the jurassic park themed cards from the movies um and discussing what they do what they not do if we're excited by them how we feel they are as like a dinosaur product like how they how they feel as a jurassic park card but the reason they're happening on this set is this is the dinosaur play like if if wizards was to ever do a dinosaur themed thing when they're doing it on Ixalan is the place that it's at. Dinosaurs and pirates are like the big two things. Are we pre-show or are we real show? This is real show. This is real show? I'm real show. I've been, so, I've, been, I've been so casual this whole time. Yeah, well, welcome to the casual. Put your, put your recording voice on, Ben. Yeah, let's You're get the old-timey, old-timey. <laughs> let's get the old-timey. Uh, well, I, I think, I think if we're being on it. <laughs> uh, report on the Western Let's front. get some dinosaurs uh, those, going. For those just joining, make sure they hit that subscribe like button. We're going to be talking about Jurassic Park things <laughs> and uh, hit that notification bell. Uh, we're the National Modern Podcast. We're talking about modern Magic the Gathering, um, competitive content in general, everything from CDH to Pioneer to Modern, etc. 
Uh, and, and sometimes the Real Housewives of Bravo. And sometimes the Real Housewives of Bravo. Uh, and uh, it's important. It's important to to subscribe because that's how you get known when you get more content like this. Uh, also, make sure to follow on all the social media things. All the comments below. All right, Ben, are you ready for some Jurassic Park? Uh, themed cards. I'm going to actually share this link for you uh, so that you have an access. We're just going to go in order. We're going to review all these Jurassic Park cards. Are you ready? Can look at them all. I open in my in my um, product that I've opened so far, which I haven't opened a ton, but I did open an Owen Grady. He's the only one that I've opened so far. I don't think I own any of the rest yet. I don't think. Oh, there. Yeah, there we go. I see him. Uh, that's that's the Chris Pratt. Well, we'll have a conversation on how do we feel about Chris Pratt being in this stuff. Okay, wait, wait hold on. I, sorry, I have another I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna basic. Get you a chair so I have another basic knees. question. So are these so are these cards that have existed and we're putting new artwork on them, or are these like all new like the the like rules and stuff of the card are all new? So yeah, so so universes beyond can be both. This specific run is exclusively on brand new cards. Okay. So what they do oftentimes, what they do oftentimes with the universes beyond now is they'll make cards that are like Jurassic Park, Transformers, Walking Dead, and after a certain amount of time, then they, they will then make the same card, functionally the exact same card, and they'll name it something that's more generic. Like Walking Dead stuff was very specific Walking Dead, and now there's versions that are zombie names, right? They're just like generic zombie names that relate to magic lore. Same zombie card. Wizard of Innistrad making zombies, yeah. and it was a Walking Dead card. So that's kind of their thing they do now to like take those universes beyond products and then weave them back into the regular game so that folks who don't care about some of these universes beyond things get excited when they open, you know, that thing that was previously like Andrew Lincoln on a card. And they're like, I hate that show. And then like they get the regular card. and They're like, oh, this card's dope. But as more and more universes beyond product happen, I would imagine that happening is a little less and only happening for cards that they feel like need to be re because it's getting too expensive yeah. uh, but like for instance with the lord of the ring set there was both brand new cards like the one ring mm -hmm. that was like made for that universe but then they also took a bunch of old magic cards and like templated them into the universe of lord of the ring mm -hmm. so there was like um different like lands that are like classics were reformatted as like minas tirith or rivendell or whatever okay all right, so we're ready for, for first Jurassic Park card. First Jurassic Park card is uh, Don't Move. Three white, white, sorcery. Destroy all tapped creatures until your next turn. Whenever a creature becomes tapped, destroy it. So the it's idea fine, is... It's a fine yeah. wrath. I mean, from, from a... We, I guess we always should look at this from a modern perspective first. This card's unplayable in modern. It's a, it's a cool card, uh, conceptually and flavor-wise, it's very cool. But wraths that cost more than four in general aren't playable unless you're talking about really specific ones and i think the initial the front side of the tap component of this i think the stipulation makes it unplayable yeah, I, think, cool, I, think, I think like it's really flavorful right like if yeah destroy all creatures that have moved and then if creatures move in the next turn they get eaten by a t-rex classic yeah. jurassic park i think that like the biggest question i saw that was interesting was like the take backsies question if mm -hmm. someone taps a creature into this do you let them take it back or do you just force that creature to die get eaten by t-rex uh i mean i guess it depends what format you're talking about if it's modern they're definitely command, command, commander in, in commander this, this these cards aren't legal in modern that's one thing i do want to also preface these are oh, these are not, got it okay so then i was, was mistaken on my appraisal of that first card um i would say that probably again it depends a little bit on the format you're playing right if you're talking about cdh or even challenging i think it's different than like casual game at the store 
I think if you're a casual game at the store, you probably let them take it back. It's always like a feel bad when someone does something like that. So I usually don't force people. What do you think? I don't think they can take it back. The dinosaur saw them. They get eaten. <laughs> it's time to get chomped. They got All right. Um, the next card is Elian Allen Paleontologist. Two green, white, blue, legendary creature, human scientist. Two, five. Exiled creature card from your graveyard. Discover X, or X is the mana value of the exiled card. Activate only as a source. Exile card from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card with mana value or less. Cast it. It's basically Cascade. It's it's birthing. It's like from your graveyard, Cascade into a new thing. Yeah, I mean, they're... So, from a commander perspective, it's a commander card that's cool, right? You can put giant things into your yard, and as long as everything is, like, the same right? Like roughly the same, like if everything costs the same, so you'll always get max value. If you can put like a cool a drop oh, into your yard. I want to do the opposite. I want to do one drop. You want to, you want to, you want to discover your birds of paradise away so that you can get it to like balance or ancestral recall. Cause remember discover is cascade. Oh, it's, it's any so card. This, it's not it's you exactly cascade like, one non land card. Oh, okay. I, I didn't catch that. I was thinking it had to be creature. Um, no, you exile a creature card from your river, but you discover into a not in, in, into a non land card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So you can so so then so then okay. If you're all creatures except for the few, few like few free things you want, you can get like rhinos and you can get like ancestral and stuff like that. Yes, yes, correct. You you get the pl- you can make a bant cascade modern deck, but. Yeah, it seems it seems fun in Commander. It seems like a cool thing you could do. Uh, not overly powerful, but I mean, definitely seems cool, right? Like I, I think I, it, I think the fact that you like get to cast balance, you could just have a deck that cast balance is maybe not fun. <laughs> yeah, but ba- you can also just play a deck that just plays balance. Balance balance is banned in Commander Ben. <laughs> oh, you can't play balance, Commander. I'm just making mistakes left and right. Whitney, you see how hard I'm getting dunked on by Alex twice in the last five minutes. Unbelievable. I think we're overlooking the one thing that we're all thinking though. Is uh, R. Ellie and Alan dating? Because that was never confirmed. Does Laura Dern <laughs> know she's made it onto a magic card? That's a good question. Does I, I feel like this is something I don't know. I don't know if lightness rights and like how that's functioning here. It definitely. Well, that is definitely Laura Dern. And I know from the Doctor Who set that every one of those actors had to sign off on their likeness to be on the card. Okay, so I would imagine, okay. given that it's the same thing, Laura Dern yeah. had to sign off for her likeness to be used on this magic card. Yeah, so, Isn't yes. Isn't that cool that Laura Dern <laughs> was like, put me on this magic card? I feel like I want to build this deck partially just because I have a Laura Fern shirt yeah. that I can you wear do. while playing this you card. Do. <laughs> can we just take a quick pause for a second to acknowledge that there's actually only one good Jurassic Park movie? Like, there, I know there are other Jurassic Park movies that are interesting, and at least some of uh, some of the Lost World, I'm a, like definitely enjoy the first hour of that movie a lot. There's parts of Jurassic World, the first Jurassic World, that I think are enjoyable, but actually, Jurassic Park, which is a flawless, perfect top twenty movie, maybe top fifty ever made, like a ten out of ten movie, is incredible. After that, you don't have a good movie. There's not a single other good Jurassic Park movie. I, mean, I said this earlier. I'm a Lost World apologist. I think actually the whole movie of Lost World is great. I think like the last 20 minutes of the two-hour movie where they're in San Diego is not as good as the rest of the movie is. But even then, like compared to the missteps of the later Jurassic Park movies, it's like hands and above a better. It's kind of like the opposite of whatever the second Jurassic World movie was. 
oh, yeah, where like the first oh, no. 20 minutes of the movie are great. If if they had made Jurassic Park the movie where a volcano explodes on the island and that is the movie. Yeah. Great. Love that. Would watch oh, no, that movie. Fallen Kingdom, right? Dominion was the third one. Dominion's the worst Jurassic Park movie. The last I one they made. It's the only Jurassic Park movie I haven't seen. And it's horrific. Like actually a horrifically yeah. bad movie. Makes sense. So. Uh, all right, so so I do need I do need uh, Whitney um, nine out of t- well, one out one to ten. How would you rank Ellie and Alan paleontologist as magic card? Is that a scene from an actual the actual movie? Uh, no, they're just kind of doing a thing that they do technically because they're paleontologists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yes, I like it. Although it makes me think of the scene with the dinosaur where they go and like. Oh, oh, so the, like the T, the, the yes. uh, uh, not T Rex. Stegosaur? The, the, is this a Stegosaur? No, no, yeah. no. It was a Triceratops. Triceratops. The Triceratops. Yeah. 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 Sick one. Okay. That wasn't a one, that wasn't a one through ten rating. I need like a. I didn't answer the question. Did I? I well, it's hard because I haven't seen the other card. I mean, that one probably gets a ten because Laura Dern made card. it onto a magic card. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. What about Don't Move? I need more. Tiny arms from well, the T Rex. Oh, yeah, it's hiding the tiny arms. That's fair. Mm. All right, next we're going to Ian Malcolm Chaotician. One mm. blue red legendary creature human scientist. Whenever a player draws their second card each turn, that player exiles the top card of their library. During each player's turn, that player may cast a spell from among the cards they don't own, exiled with Ian Malcolm Chaotician, and mana of any type that they spent to cast it. Uh, two, it's a two, two. My, my issue with this card is that the actual gameplay of this card sounds miserable, like chaos gameplay experiences like this i've like never had a actual good time while it's happening amazing flavor you know you got you got the an actual chaos card for the chaos math man himself yeah, uh, right. so so the cat that, that that i'm here for and i don't even hate the like the the, the card looks great it's just yeah I'm, i don't ever want to play with this card which makes me sad because i would love to build an ian malcolm deck you i would agree to yeah it's tough gold bloom I know it's just you have to. This is Ben. Your or what, Ben? Or what are your thoughts on? <laughs> um, I mean, I like obviously this being is it. You know, this is my favorite color combo. Um, I like that it's inexpensive. Uh, draws their second card each turn, right? So that's a that's an effect they've they've templated into blue red pretty well. Um, I guess during each player draws their second card of each turn, that player is. Oh, 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 gotcha. This the effect works for everybody, which is why it's during each player's turn. I didn't catch that. Um, yeah, the randomness of it is not as fun. Anytime, anytime it's like an uncontrollable effect, I find when you can't manipulate the deck build to take advantage of something and it's just kind of random, it doesn't do it for me. I'm like never the biggest fan of that. So I'm kind of with you on on that one. But I mean, there's value, right? There's like there's it's sweet that the, the exiled cards stay exiled so that you just you get an extra card every single turn. Yeah, I mean, it, it turns it turns all also all of your like howling mind like doing a howling mind effect deck with this card like you're gonna cut through everyone's deck really quickly and start like you each person ostensibly draws five cards a turn is like kind of an insane value play. It's just that's happening for everyone. So I think like the way to make this good is to create like really annoying stacks effects where it's just like for other players to be able to use the card you're making for them, they kind of can't, and then you get to. Um, which is a way to make this card good, 
uh, it just is also going to make everyone like it's like you're miserable if you do, if you're miserable if you don't, right? Which is I think I think where my like issue with the card is. I I think it's interesting that they haven't leaned deeper or further into the you may cast this card from exile template um like miss hollow griffin is that that three three from i think it's gavison restored from years ago and then torrent elemental was one they tried but they haven't come up with a lot of like things that when you exile this it just says on the card itself no matter how you exile it it's just I, you can cast that card from exile it's because those cards are so weak it feels like they would have tried more things because it feels to me like if there was some set where like you know it was like like just like blue one instant draw card. And it's, you may cast this card from exile, that kind of a thing. Like, cause obviously it still works with any of the like blue, red, you know, um, what's the card everybody likes the, the blue, red exile three. I can't think of the name of it. It's great. But the, any of those blue, red cards that say, or the blue red cards that are like exile the top two until your next turn, you may play these cards. Like that effect is used constantly. Right. And you do have things that allow you just like this, when you exile to get value out of that. But I think one of the spaces that I'm confused, you haven't seen more of is, you know, cards that say you may cast this from exile on the card. I'm wondering yeah, I why. Think, I think my like only theory on that is that they're basically just going to be, the times they've done it before, they've either been like very unexciting or with like weird chances of going infinite in weird ways. Maybe they don't like like it doesn't do anything really or it does something that's broken. Like those are your only two corner cases where it's useful. And maybe they're just sure. like, why play around in this space if it's dangerous? They've they've done more of it, though. I think there's a squee that you can cast from exile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that was a few years ago. They did a squee. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Like there's, there's three there's or four the, cards. Yeah, yeah, there, there are some stuff that do. They play around with it. It's just, it's, I don't think it's like that good to like go too hard into. And they yeah. may be worried if they go too hard. All right. Speaking of, speaking of, um, you know, the good Jurassic Park movies, uh, Indominus Rex Alpha, one blue, black, blue, black, green, green. Legendary creature dinosaur. Me oh, wait, wait. First Winnie. It's 10 out of 10 scale. Ian Malcolm. I mean, I dropped gold bloom cards pretty cool, I feel like. Yeah. As cool as Laura Dern? No. So, like, a, not 8 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Indominus Rex. <laughs> also, Ben said he didn't like it, so. Wow, okay. So you're going <laughs> to higher points if Ben doesn't like the card. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's got a random effect. <laughs> she seems said, such a troll to our listeners. Yes, I feel trolled by Whitney. In case you're feeling that right now, it's too find, random. It's too go random. find a map of a modern Reddit thread and start a thread about who is this girl <laughs> trolling Bateman on the show. Yeah, I feel it. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, okay, but when you think about Jeff Goldblum, he's sort of a um, like his character's kind of unpredictable. He's sort of. Right, like he's a, a chaotic person. He's a chaotic person, so I mean that would make sense. The card. Yeah. Yep. That's the. Uh, Indominus Rex, one blue, black, blue, black, green, green, legendary creature dinosaur mutant six six. Uh, as it enters the battlefield, discard any number of creature cards. It enters the battlefield with flying counter on it. If a card discarded with this had flying, the same is true of first strike, double strike, death touch, extra haste, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, and vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card for each counter on it. Um. Uh, so famously, the Indominus Rex was like a dinosaur they made by smushing all of these other dinosaur DNA into one new super dinosaur. Um, and it's a hybrid. Is that, an, is that a car? Is that a already a magic card? No, this is brand new. Oh, okay. Why did you think Every it was already a card? It's it, its name sounds like it would be a card, but this is this is from the movie. This is the bad guy from okay. Lost World. 
from no from the no from 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 Jurassic World. Jurassic World, Jurassic World. Right, yeah, so. yeah, he's the one. He has, he's the one that has to maybe fight. Not, the, maybe I'm just thinking of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he it's has to fight your ex at the end <laughs> of the movie. So there's a couple um, things about this card that are cool, in my opinion. Right, I think the first thing is obviously it's very powerful uh, in the sense that you have some things that have lots of abilities on them that if you were to discard to this, like you get massive payoff. Right, you definitely have like the big, big, big payoff. And in terms of if you're playing this in commander as your commander, as your, if it's your five drop, like ramping into this and discarding like a couple awesome things to it um, or even one awesome thing to it. It's a lot of value. It's like super sweet. And you can have the fact that Hexproof is on there, right? Because that's one of the ones when I first read this where I was like, OK, but is Hexproof on the card? It's like the fact that Hexproof is on there does mean you can create a pretty beast, pretty hard to deal with thing really fast because five and commander is not that crazy. I mean, especially if you're talking about uh, you know, Crypt isn't going to get you there as fast because it has, only has one colorless pip, but you know, there's plenty of ways to ramp this out, I think, really quickly and get a lot of value out of it, which is cool. Well, and, and like, you know, you discard, like, there are a lot of really cool reanimate targets you can discard that have like adjacent random death touch or flying right. or, you know, uh, like lifelink relevant abilities that you can just discard, put in your graveyard get a big like beating defensive threat that then draws you a few cards and then you can reanimate those other threats that you just discard discarded. Yeah. I, I do like this card is like, it's a cool discard. Like it's not a card draw engine unless you're building around it. Right. Like you need to want to discard cards and every card you discard draws you a card. Otherwise this is just like a weird loot that gives you a flying beat down or not even flying necessarily, but a beat down stick. Um, right. But I think that, that it has, potential to be built in a way that i would love um i don't know if i like this much more than like just playing as mimeoplasm but i would i'm definitely throwing this into a mimeoplasm deck just because even if this is the card i use if i cast mimeoplasm and an exile indominus rex as the card now i'm gonna draw like 30 cards because every counter mimeoplasm enters on even plus one plus one counters count towards this number right so that that's the other way to kind of break it is just like Pretty good, how many yeah. plus one plus one counter things can you put in as it enters the battlefield? So I think isn't it's it kind a, of a very cool card. Isn't it kind of reminiscent of one of the mutate uh, legendaries from Ikoria? Isn't there something that doesn't quite do this? But isn't there like something cool like that? There's, like, there's, I'm, um, I'm forgetting what it, what her name is, but there's, um, there's the leader of the Simic has evolved, like does this enters the battlefield plus one plus one counter on it draw a card. She, okay, she gotcha. Something that, like that's that. like her, her same deal, right? She enters the battlefield with plus one, plus one counters equal to the low, highest power, I believe, of a creature you control. And then you draw cards for how many counters are on her, her power, something along those lines. So similar, similar ETB concept for sure. Uh, I will say, uh, of fun. the two versions of this that have been premiered, because there's like the cool special, um, you know, st Jurassic stamp version you can get as well in packs. Yes. I do really like that. Because of the Jurassic symbol and how iconic it is, I think yeah. those versions will be really cool to get and collect. Uh, one thing I just <laughs> like the, the the character of the Indominus Rex that's so funny. Anytime screenwriters have to describe why something that's the new evolved thing is like terrifying, they always do this thing where they ramp up to it and they're like, "It's like the perfect combination of this and this. It only has the benefits and none of the downsides." Like uh, right. if you guys ever watch that movie Life, where they're they're like there's like that mutant that they're fighting, and I remember same thing where they're like, "It's a perfect combination of smarts and strength. It's all muscle, all skill, 
And you're just like, <laughs> like, I feel like in the, I feel like in Jurassic World, when they're describing the Indominus Rex, they're doing like the same thing. They're like, it's not killing for survival. It's killing for sport or something like that. And like, uh, well, and, it's just, they're, they're always part cuttlefish. Like no matter yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a tiger and a gorilla and, and a shark all in one and a cuttlefish. And a cuttlefish. Speaking right, of the map. Uh, uh, Indominus Rex Alpha, any, any one through 10 score? Uh, ditto to what Ben said. <laughs> ben, what was your score? <laughs> I, I, I'm into this one. This card seems breakable in a way that's fun to me. But then again, I've never played with a Mimeoplasm. That's some OG Commander stuff before I was into the format. So you're probably right because that card's really powerful. I, I I think this card's a really cool card to put in the 99 of like these types of decks. I don't, and I think there's something cool to build around. I, I think it's a cool card. Indo Raptor, the perfect hybrid. One green, black, red. Legendary creature, dinosaur, mutant, bloodthirst X. This creature enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the damage dealt to your opponents this turn. Menace, enrage, when it, the when this card uh, is dealt damage, choose an opponent at random. It deals damage equal to its power to that player unless they sacrifice a non-token creature. It's a 3-1 for 3. Um, I like this one a lot less. I like this one a lot less because I even like this movie a lot less, and I don't even love Jurassic <laughs> World, but... Uh, I hate this movie and I hate this movie because everything around this specific dinosaur is terrible. Um, but from a, from a, like, uh, I want everyone to realize Jurassic Park is my favorite movie of all time. Top of the list consistently has been my whole life. I, I can not only quote the movie, I can quote the making of Jurassic Park VHS tape, um, better than most rate other movies. But, uh, so I'm not a Jurassic Park kid. I love Jurassic Park. I don't like this. I also don't love this card. Like the fact that it does it at random whenever it deals damage and whenever I like, and they can get out of it by sacrificing a non-token creature. I don't love like it. It does. There's so many hoops you have to jump through for a like relatively medium effect that I'm just kind of like, meh. Uh, yeah. Like the, well, it's also like the same two of the same three colors as, um, God, why is my brain so much worse for remembering the names of magic cards than it used to be? I used to be so good at this and you would forget stuff and I'd clown you on the show and I literally can never Vile Smasher the Fierce. It, it has elements of Vile Smasher, but Vile Smasher is just better because you can't prevent it and it only requires two colors and it just, well, I don't know. Card. You get the two colors plus green. Like you can, you can build that with green, right? Like that is not difficult. Yeah, I think do. the one thing about Indoraptor that's cool is that Bloodthirst um, it's damage dealt to your opponents this turn, right? So there, there is a world in which this card is huge, which sure. also means there's a world in which this card is one-shotting people. Like, right? Like, if they don't have something to sacrifice, and you have... I, I mean, I guess, like, a thing to think about is, like, this is a three-drop, right? How many, how many cheap effects are there that are parallel deal, like, five to every player? Like, you know, or like the card Flame Rift is, I mean, this is a bad example of a card, but like it's, you know, red one for, you know, deal four to all players, right? Which means that for two mana, you're getting 12 counters on this thing if you can cast that just before you cast this. Like there's a version of this card being enormous for very, very cheap that then makes the secondary effect huge. Like it makes yeah. the secondary effect. If you can't sacrifice something, you're probably just going to lose when I do this. Well, I, I, like, yeah, I guess, I guess like the cool thing to do with this is, um, 
anything that does like X damage to every creature and every player, right? Yeah. Like any of those effects where if you can wipe the board and do six damage to each player, you can now have this enter. And then if you can figure out a way to get it to be enraged, you can you wipe the board, right? So now, now it's more one player is going to die if you have a big way to wipe the board and then play this and then do an enrage trigger. Um, I that that I, I don't disagree with is is a cool or even just having the yeah is is a cool cool way to build you think about it. it think about it from the perspective of on turn five in a game of commander we'll even say turn four if you're gonna ramp into this but let's say on average turn five probably at that point you have three opponents each of which probably has three non-basic lands maybe more it could be everybody's got five right but probably everybody you're playing against has at least three out of their five lands that are non-basic which means you could price of progress easily you can just easily prop and then this card is going to come down and if everybody has three it's going to come down with 18 plus one plus one counters for nothing other than the casting of price of progress first like that's pretty good sure <laughs> you can your commander can be pretty enormous so I, I do think there's cool stuff here but i would agree that the uh clause that they can sacrifice a non-token creature is uh makes this a lot worse yeah yeah um whitney rating one out of ten for the indoraptor <laughs> Well, I strongly agree with Ben. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one feels less exciting. Four. Four out of ten. All right. Uh, next is Dino oh, DNA. Yeah. Uh, one mana for an artifact. Um, print one tap exile target creature card from a graveyard. Activate only as a sorcery. Six mana, create a token that's a copy of target creature card, exile with dino DNA, except it's a 6-6 six, six, uh, green dinosaur creature with trample, activate only as a sorcery. Spared no expense. Uh, ben, uh, how do you feel about this little amber amber egg? I, for me, it's like pretty great graveyard hate. I mean, it's sorcery speed, which is definitely works, but like it's actively there. You can just kind of be using it over time. Actively great is a strong word, maybe like, okay, graveyard hate, but main deckable graveyard hate in Commander. That has a really cool secondary ability. We can just start popping off tokens if you get something really powerful. I would say from the from the perspective of needing to actually be a good card, the fact that it's sorcery speed is a really big restriction. It makes this yeah. card a lot worse. Like yeah, I agree. to the point that like in casual commander, these types of effects are less important. In competitive commander, you need this to be instant speed. So it sits in between those two ideas a little too much for my taste. And six to get a copy. It's pretty expensive. I mean, you have to be exiling something pretty good for six to be worth your time. Um, my one comment on this, just based on the art, is how is this not just a Mox Amber reskin? I don't know. Like, I don't know what they were thinking that this is like not the best possible, possible thing they could have done. If they were going to do something to do with the Amber, how is Mox Amber not just this? I mean, like, that doesn't that I think, seem I crazy think to me. To it's possibly just because Mox Amber was in the packs of literally last year's this time of year set as the chase mythic. I mean, by, if by their standards, they do that in every other set. So why not? But yeah, that's, you're right. It, they shouldn't be doing valid. It. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're reprinting like everything else in back to back sets. I mean, I'm not happy they're doing it, but like, yeah, but I, but that, that's fair. All right, Winnie, why not 10 scale? Okay. Okay. I've been laughing to myself, which is, probably not that funny but it does kind of look like santa claus is about to eat like a bug or something <laughs> <laughs> he 
he's like really staring at that at that mosquito. Throw the dinosaurs. He's contemplating all the life lost to do the the folly of his capitalistic nightmare island created. Sir Lord Richard Attenborough is offended. Do you know this is a real thing, by the way? Um, that I'll keep the story very, very brief. But as you guys remember, I used to do the movie trivia showdown, and it was like very competitive. And there was an era where, in the last few years, where it got so competitive that we all started. They implemented a challenge rule. You would get one challenge in a match, and because just like any sport, like you get your your thing, you get to use. If you don't use your challenge, it's useless. So progressively, as it went on, people would challenge more and more absurd things just to see if they could get away with it. And I recall there was a live match in New York where they asked a question and the answer was Richard Attenborough. And the person answered, Sir Lord, Sir, Sir uh, Richard Attenborough. And the other guy said, challenge. He is uh, technically a Lord at this point. It is Lord Richard Attenborough. And we had to litigate this on stage for like five minutes. It was like a very, very contentious thing. Not, not to be, uh, it was outdone years later when I challenged that somebody's answer of Elvis. I said, challenge he didn't specify which elvis that could be any number of elvises they're like i think it's pretty obvious it's elvis presley that he's referring to i was like i don't know i'd like uh, i'd like to call a line judge on this one a real scumbag move on that one so anyway so what was is he a lord i think he's a lord not a sir and i they rewarded the points they 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 allowed the fudge of sir versus lord i feel like i think lord is a more prestigious title no, or did you, get, you 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 inherit Lord? You are you become like you earned the Sir. You are given. You are born with the Lord title. Yeah, something you might, I you might be able to buy a Lord title, possibly. Like you're saying things you don't really know. <laughs> I don't commenters, please comment. British British dukedom rules. Uh, all right. <laughs> Next card is Cresting Mosasaurus, uh, six blue blue creature dinosaur, emerge six blue, make has a spell for sacrifice a creature and paying the emerge cost reduced by the creature's mana value. When Cresting Monosaurus enters the battlefield, it cast it, return each non-dinosaur creature to its owner's hand. Four, eight. We got a emerge dinosaur uh, cyclonic rift on our hands, uh, and he's ready to eat a shark. Uh, and, and that really, like, that is, remember the discourse uh, on the assistant who died in Jurassic World. It's like she's one of the few named characters in the entire show. And it kind of was like, wait, I don't think this girl like portrayed anything about herself that felt like she deserved to die. Oh, she gets eaten death, by the yeah, yeah. She, yeah, like, she the gets eaten by the flying creature, like, right? The 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 flying dinosaurs like grab her. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Toy with her and like torture her. And then they drop her in the mouth of this giant shark dinosaur yeah. and it like kills her. And it's kind of like this feels like a death deserved for like asshole characters that like have shown over the show. They're a bad person. And this is just like had to babysit two kids of her boss and was like kind of overworked. <laughs> you know that I have. I think you know this, but the audience might not know this and it's relevant that Jurassic World, when they made that movie, it was directed by a guy named Colin Trevorrow who had done Trevorrow, who had done like an indie movie. And it just so happened in 2015 when the movie came out that the bar I was working at, we had just started doing our podcast. and My friend Matt had worked on the film. Trevorrow and his editors came in for dinner to the bar I was working at, and he had made these custom Simpsons art prints of every character from Jurassic World. And they all were signed by Trevorrow. And there was 12 of them total. 
And I talked to him when he was there at the restaurant. And I was like, yeah, you know, we're just started this podcast. Like you work with my buddy, Matt. He's like, oh, that's so cool. Then on the way out, he and his friends were had a great time. And we were like, thank you for coming in. And he looked at his buddy and he went, just give it to him. And his buddy was like, what? And he's like, just give it to him. So he gave me this. I feel like we're really pulling out some deep things from Ben this evening. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so cool. Is, that is cool. So it's like actually every character and they've been Simpsonified and it's one of 12 in the world. And it was made by Trevorrow for his editors. And he gave it to Drew and I. And uh, we had to like rock, paper, scissors for who got to keep it. Wow. And I framed it and put it on my wall. And this is like my cool piece of memorabilia from Jurassic World. I, can't, I feel like I've never told you this, Alex. No. Yeah, it's like a pretty wild thing, right? Access up here to the left yeah, of my yeah. computer. Wow. There you go. Fun facts. Yeah, right? That's really fun. Um, he was like, just promise me you'll do something cool with it. I think we showed it on the show and then it went on my wall afterwards. I've never sold it, so I feel good about that. You know, I've had yeah. it this whole time. <laughs> and we and, um, and join on this. Now it's relevant to all of the podcasts. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, mark, mark thirty-seven minutes. You know, yeah. Come I back think, here. I think. Uh, I think this card's really cool. I mean, I feel bad for that assistant, but I think this card's like actually pretty sick. Yeah, I agree. I um, emerge is one of my favorite keyword abilities from any set in a long time it's yeah. a it's a it's an ability i really like i think it's super flavorful and i tend to really like the effects and i'm somebody who enjoys the the value you get out of sacrificing something that you actually want to see go away and so for me this card is like just generally pretty sweet now the issue with this card is that if you're not emerging it it's a little bad like it costs eight it's very expensive so you can't pay, if you can't emerge it paying eight for non dinosaur creatures, but not even non not not even like just non land permanents. Like it doesn't have the doesn't have the psych rift effect in that sense. And it's not you don't control. Right. It's all of it. You lose yeah. yours as well. So that makes it a lot worse for me. But the fact that you can emerge it off of like Tassiger or something, um, you know, like. Like this, this could just be in a Tassiger deck, couldn't it? And <laughs> you just sacrifice yeah, yeah. your you just sacrifice your commander to just cast it. But yeah, I think I think if you have a six drop commander, or if you have a commander that it's any cost reduction mechanic in blue, I think this card's like heavily in consideration. Also, any type of reanimator deck also in consideration, right? Like if you're in a position where you need a board wipe and you just have like a five, four drop in play and you're able to like I don't think it's I don't think you're ever not casting it for the merge cost, right? But even just like if you have a th- like a three or a four drop in play, if you have a four drop in play, this costs three mana, right? Like yeah, you don't have to. I mean, that, that, the, the fact that it's not when you cast it that it's when an ETBs is really strong. They've yes. they've templated that differently over the last few years to protect against some of the really strong ETBs. But uh, the fact that this is ETB is really is really good. So, and, and you end up it. with the card, right? Like you you get the keep. It it is only creatures, but you still have a four eight, right? This yeah, doesn't right, right. get bounced. Um, so I think there's there's value there. Uh, spinning Dilophosaurus, uh, two black creature dinosaur. Whenever Spinning Dilophosaurus enters the battlefield or attacks with a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature. Creatures your opponents control with minus one and minus one counters on them can't block. Three, two. Um, Are we in agreement, Alex, that Dilophosaurus is both of our favorite dinosaur? No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a Brachiosaur, the Brachiosaur long neck. But I do, I do have a full body, in fact, Dilophosaurus costume. 
So I've seen that before, and I believe I've even uh, perhaps tried it on. But Dilophosaurus, just an absolute classic. Whitney, I think you would agree. Dilophosaurus, strong dinosaur, at least top three. Yes, and that's a pretty classic scene from the movie. Indeed it is. Indeed it uh, is. So they've, just, they've... Uh, just be aware, Ben, that if you have a minus one, minus one counter, you can't block anymore. Um, so... I feel like we should have started here. Hindsight would be 2020 if you guys didn't have tar in your face for me spitting all over them. Um, Whitney, I honestly will tell you that after 10 years of the podcast, there's at least two or three instances I can think of, of Alex wearing this costume on the podcast. It's not a first. Yes. We've, yeah. we've been down this road. <laughs> yeah, we've been down this road. We've been down this road before. Uh, or you would have been if the sign didn't get messed up by the rainstorm as you're trying to get the boat mm-hmm. and steal all of my embryos. Um, I think this card, as far as a card goes, is just like very good in every minus one, minus one counter deck. Um, because those decks kind of really love this type of effect, being able to make all your creatures unblockable. Um, uh, I think its first ability is like kind of whatever, but it's kind of cute and like allowed for kind of what it's trying to do. Uh, iconic scene. Poor Dennis Nedry got Butterfingers. Uh, or yeah, yeah, the artwork on this card is amazing, actually. The art's great. Um, it this in foil is going to look really gorgeous. I really like. I really like the look of it, and I can already tell with the colors, it's going to look really awesome. We don't know yet, right? Like, oh, actually, no, we do know. We do know. There's no. There's no surge foils on the set, but the but the full art borderless foil is going to look really, really gorgeous. Um, and then yeah, I think I think uh, flavorfully, the second ability is really it's on brand, which is cool. So I'm I, I like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot else we have to say about this card. Is Lophosaurus really your favorite dinosaur? Um, I mean, I would say that like, so Jurassic Park was a movie I liked as a kid. It like definitely was not obviously my only introduction to dinosaurs as any kid loves dinosaurs. Um, you know, we all kind of do. Um, and I think when you're a little kid, like you kind of have like every little kid loves, you know, the, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Velociraptor first because they're like terrifying and these big like monster creatures. And then, you know, you learn to appreciate all the different dinosaurs and the flying ones and everything. So I think as I got older, uh, I think as I got older, probably there's like a there's like a penchant for Jurassic Park and then specifically the Dilophosaurus and how iconic the scenes are, and how cool looking it is. I don't know, like being like the Lost Raptor is my favorite is kind of a cop out. So I, I do feel like it's probably the Dilophosaurus. I'm a I'm a okay. fan. OK. It's a good favorite choice. Uh, yeah. Um, hunting Velociraptor, oh. two red dinosaur, first strike. Din- Hashtag team Ben. Uh, first strike. <laughs> dinosaur spells you cast have prowl, two red. You may cast oh, that's pretty sick. for its prowl cost if you dealt combat damage to a player this turn with a creature, uh, with any of its creature types. That's like really, really sick. The fact that for three mana, this is not legendary, so it can't be your commander. But is, if it's just in your dinosaur, like, doesn't this just mean you can cast like Gishath or like any of the giant elder dinosaur titans for three mana if you just deal damage? Uh huh. Like, pretty sick, right? Yeah, this card's really good. <laughs> <laughs> this card's like quite good. I think, like, a yeah. staple in every dinosaur commander deck ever printed. Yeah. You just play it. Especially because it's you make cast. Um, it doesn't have to be from your hand, so you can cast your commander, which like the best dinosaur commanders are all like nine drops, right? So this just like cheats things into play. How uh, much does Gishoth cost? Eight? Eight. 
or nine, one or the other. Oh I God. never really, yeah, yeah. it just always shows up and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to do with that. Isn't Polyraptor like an eight drop too? I mean, like, yep, yep. Yeah. Hard, hard there's, definitely, there's definitely some sick. Yeah, you can definitely do cool stuff with this. card. really good. Um, speaking of Velociraptors, we have Owen Grady, Raptor Trainer, one red green, legendary creature, human soldier scientist, partner with Blue Lola Raptor, which I'll read in a second. Put tap, tap a Owen. Put your choice of Menace, Trample, Reach, or Haste counter on target dinosaur. Activate only as a sorcery, 3-2. And then you have Blue Royal Raptor, 2 Blue Green, Legendary Creature Dinosaur. Partner with Owen Grady, Raptor Trainer, so they can partner with each other. They're best friends. For each kind of counter on Blue, each other dinosaur you control enters the battlefield with the same type of counter of that kind on it, 5-4. So it's a 4-mana 5-4. Basically, the idea is you play Owen on 3. You untap, you play uh, blue the next turn. You can then tap Owen to put a menace, trample, reach, or haste counter on blue. Often that turn, probably haste. And then on the next turn, when you play dinosaur, um, when it enters battlefield, it also gets that type of counter because you're putting them on on, on blue. Um, as far as like cool combo, these cards are cool. As far as the fact that we now have Chris Pratt on a magic card, he's now joined, he's now been, he's in the, he's in Mario, he's in Lego. He's now a Magic the Gathering. He's now what? What uh, toy product? Which comp? What Mattel product is Chris Pratt going to end up in next? I mean, he's also the voice in Lego. I mean, there's a lot going on with Chris Pratt. Um, he's he's uh, yeah. I mean, th- th- this card's fine. Uh, the combo of the two cards is fine. It- it's for me as a Simic and an Is It player, classically, it's about as unexciting of a like. I just it's cool, and I'll and I'll enjoy watching people make this work but it doesn't feel flavorfully cynic or is it at all it feels like very 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 distant from what i expect out of those colors there's nothing about it that it doesn't it doesn't embody any of the things in those colors that i think i'm like used to i think i think for gruel i don't know if i agree with that i mean for 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 teamer the like the red green ability of like adding these specific keywords to a creature feels very red green and then for blue green like mutating other creatures to make them kind of similar to your genetic thing seems very blue green so i, I don't know if i totally agree that these abilities there's don't no card draw there's no ramp there's no lands there's well, those no colors like, do things other than those exact three things <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i don't like i said i think it's cool i think that the play pattern you described of three going into four is cool and I think if you're heavy dinosaurs, you can have some fun with this. It's just just not as much my favorite as some of the others. Just g- generically, it feels a little loose. My, my issue, I think, is more is like in a similar note, but I just like don't care about like keyword tribal or keyword yeah. keyword synergy decks. Right. I don't like the like. I, I haven't liked uh, uh, I, don't, I don't remember the, the white vampire's name, but the, the guy who like cares about how many different keywords different creatures have yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. like that that design space has never been like super fascinating to me i love the idea of those type of counters just like i wish it i wish there was a little bit something more uh to it for sure are you uh, happy with the 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 post icoria keyword ability counters are you happy I, with them i love those i think that mechanic is stunning uh, um and uh as a pun with the fact that one of the more recent ones were stun counters um i think it's a great great idea that works really really well my issue is more like as a at, like as the end goal is just creating creatures that have all of these keywords that doesn't seem interesting to me 
the stuff that's like you draw cards for how many counters are on them, or you know, you get some other type of benefit based on how many counters are on something, that's always been more interesting to me. Yep. Yep. That works. Oh, uh, Winnie, how do you feel about... Uh... Are we, like, skipping around? Yeah, we're skipping around. I really want to talk about the next card. This one? Look... No. <laughs> this one? No. This one? No. This one? Go back down. This guy. Alex, yeah. let Whitney respond on, the, on Owen Grady and... Well, I want to know what your thoughts are on Chris Pratt being on a magic card. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. It's weird, yeah. Yep. I yep. don't know. I feel like he's, like, someone... That they've like tried to make like uh, excuse me for saying nerd hero, but he's not. I don't know. Sure, sure. I think, I think, I think who did he break? Who was his ex-wife? Anna oh, Ferris. Well, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. What? There, there's there's Anna Ferris. There's a thing, yeah. Alex, that you're sort of alluding to, which is that there was like some pretty negative backlash on Chris Pratt. That you, if you, the deeper you dig, the like, I think a little less offensive it is, but there's still no taking away from the general offense of it, which is not great. And I also think on some level, his face is tiny on this magic card and it's almost like barely him. If you like look closely, it's him, but it's not the same as like Laura Dern and Sam Neill or like Sam Jackson's on a card or Jeff Goldblum. It's like very clearly their faces. I think a little bit on some level, the like smaller his face here is probably a reaction to exactly what we're talking about. That quick glance, it doesn't totally look like Chris Pratt. In some ways, it makes me like, like you mentioned that everyone got the likeness rights. In some ways, it made me feel like he was like, oh, I don't want to be on a magic card. <laughs> if you like, if you zoom in, I just did it. I just went 200% on my browser. Say, can you zoom in? Not, not, uh, not. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's it's definitely him. Like I definitely yeah, just yeah, look definitely closer. Him. Well, actually, no. Now that I'm looking closer, is it though? Oh, that does look weird. Yeah. It. Oh, it looks more like Luke. Ev- it looks more like Luke that Evans. Not really be him. <laughs> did they did they recast Chris Pratt with Luke Evans on the Magic card? I don't know. It it's Luke like- Evans playing Owen Grady in the Magic Universe. That's not. I don't think that's Chris Pratt. It's hardly him. That like that's really why I'm saying doesn't like, look like, like him. Regard, like I've also heard like he's a jerk to interviewers and like other people like service staff. <laughs> like I think like I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm allegedly allegedly allegedly. I've heard. Uh, you know. Uh, all right. Next, we're gonna talk about permission denied. Yeah, I want to talk uh, about uh, oh, this card. You forgot to say the magic word. And then word. I might have to go to bed. I'm sleepy, but yeah. this card looked interesting to me. Uh, this is blue and a white. Uh, instant counter target non creature spell. Your opponents can't cast non creature spells this turn. Uh, uh, uh. You didn't say the magic word. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, and we have um, Samuel Jackson on the magic card. Is this is this is his first universes beyond appearance on a magic card, correct? Because we haven't gotten the Marvel set yet, or the Star Wars set that's eventually coming, where he will 100 percent be Mace Windu and like. Alex, when 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 the Star Wars set does eventually come, which we know it will someday, uh, the number of Revenge of the Sith cards, <laughs> the number of Revenge of the Sith magic cards, and like I hope the number of like memeable Revenge of the Sith magic cards they decide to make, make it will make me so happy, like un- unbelievably happy in a way that like playing Magic will be better for it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So <laughs> so. But what are your thoughts, Whitney? You are. I just here. like the artwork. The artwork's good. You got. <laughs> I really like the artwork. 
I like that there's a soda can like in the middle in the forefront. Because he got trash all over his desk. Yeah. <laughs> I like the energy of that car. It's a big phone. Like there's a big, you can't really see because it's behind the text yes. box, but there's a giant old style yes. office cell phone. Yeah. Is I'm this like, the first computer screen in a magic card? Like an old CRT TV computer monitor? Could be. It also, I mean, if, I don't know who you guys know who this is, but from a distance, before you look closely at the face that's on the computer screen, it looks like the basketball player Blake Griffin. Now, when I look closer, I do know who that is. I saw him playing his first game on the Clippers. Thank you very much. Yeah. It doesn't look like him, like when I zoom in, but from a distance, looks like Blake Griffin. Um, I will say, from a magic card perspective, Alex, there is one phrase that is missing on this card that I don't think would flavorfully be this character in this moment. But from a playability perspective would be the thing that should have been on here. And it should say split second. If it did, it would be really good. And it would be a like last word type counter. But the problem with this card is silence works when you play it on your opponent's upkeep. When you're playing this in the second main phase after attack, often there's not a whole lot left for your opponents to want to do. Like sometimes there's a reaction free combat, but often players are going to wait for the last possible moment. So the second part of this card becomes kind of irrelevant and it feels like it loses its effect because you're having to wait for them to do something to react to then shut them off after where if this said split second, you could imagine this in like CDH stacks where you do something, I do something, I play this counters your thing. You can't respond. And now my turn is open to win, which is like what this would be cool if it was. I just, I just think like, I still think it's CDH adjacently playable, if not actively playable. Like if you get someone on like, They've like just done an ad nas. They have all the cards in hand that they want to cast, and you can get them on casting a sorcery. They just like you just time walk them. I think that's like very powerful. But I, I agree that like the fact that it can be responded to with other instants does make it less exciting than you would want. Yeah, it just it just feels a little bit like the, there's there's a couple play patterns in which this card is usable, but there's a lot of play patterns in which this card feels useless. Is what it feels like to me. Um, we only have so many to go, Winnie. We can probably get, we can get you, we can get you through this. You got this. Oh, okay. The, I was going to say, I'm getting a little sleepy. Yeah. All right. So this is, I believe the last legendary creature that we at least have previewed as of today. Cause I don't see any additional ones. Uh, Henry Wu. And then I have comments on being sad that there's not another I legendary creature. I do have creature. a comment on swooping Pteranodon when we get there. All right. Uh, we can do that now. We'll do that first. Swooping Pteranodon, three red, white creature, dinosaur, flying haste. Uh, whenever swooping pterodon, uh, pteranodon or another dinosaur with flying enters the battlefield under your control, gain control of target creature and opponent controls until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains flying, haste, and until end of turn. At the beginning of the next end step, target land deals three damage to that creature. So, swooping pteranodon grabs a thing, throws it at someone, <laughs> and then it hits the ground, and the ground deals three damage to it. Um target creature in opponent control so the from a magic the gathering perspective uh it sadly is target opponent controls which means that you can't go infinite with kiki Kiki. yeah whitney you had specific things you wanted to say about this flying hasty uh flying dinosaur yes okay wait is this the scene with the guy who's running with the margaritas yes 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 why didn't we get the guy with the margaritas i don't i don't why uh, jimmy buffett is not on a magic card and i demand more jimmy buffett right there you go that's our moment yeah he's not on this card though 
I don't think he's on this card. I, I don't want to zoom in. Yeah, we got to zoom. Enhance. Enhance. We're, all right. All right. All right. All right. Enhance. Enhance. Alex, continue enhancing. Is, is there a guy in the back? No, Jamie no. Buffett's not no. on here. No, that was, I feel like, a missed opportunity. Wow. I feel like this card is kind of trash, I'll be honest. Uh, it's playable and fun, but I don't think it does much of what I want it to do. I think for the uh, call, oh, no, because there are red cards that just do more than this. Yeah, to, it also, it also says another dinosaur with flying. Is that a creature with flying? I would be a little more of, like like apt to get into this card, but you have to play flying dinosaurs. It just It just feels too specific. I just don't feel oh, like it's another dinosaur with flying enters the battlefield. Oh, weird. It's like a it's flying really, dinosaur. Really, really Eiffel. specific. There's yeah, not enough time. so specific. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the payoff you're getting on a five drop is good enough that that's even like a necessary stipulation. This just feels underpowered. So, yeah, I, th I think also like it's trying to do too much. The whole like. It gains flying and haste, and it, it, when it enters the battlefield, it, it like lands a land deals three damage. It's like really complicated for an effect that doesn't feel super flavorful. I, agree. I like don't know what a land dealing three damage to that creature is really gaining, other than like good flavor that makes it a little bit more complicated. Is it like um, is it like to do with the Mosasaurus? Like that's in the water, so like the land that drops it in the Mosasaurus mouth is that kind of the idea? No, no, it's picking a creature up and then dropping it onto the ground, killing it. No, no, but I mean, it's a, I get it. But in the scene where this happens, it drops the thing in the mouth of the Mosasaurus. Like, no, no, it drops the assistant that didn't deserve it in the mouth of the Mosasaurus. Right. They well, got I get other that, people but... and just dropped them onto the ground and they like got hurt and or died. Fair enough. Savage. Uh, ravenous Tyrannosaurus. Four red, green, creature, dinosaur, devour three. At the end of the battlefield, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. This creature enters the battlefield with three times that many plus one plus one counters on it for each of those creatures. Uh, one caveat there. When Ravenous Tyrannosaurus attacks, it deals damage equal to its power up to up to one other target creature. Excess damage is dealt to that creature's power instead. Six six thing that's important. Uh, there's actually uh, there's a typo on this card. It's not uh, it's not this creature enters the battlefield with three times that many plus one counters for each of those creatures. It's just uh, this creature enters the battlefield with three times that many counters. Period. Um, it ends up uh. that there's two templatings for Devour, and they included. The one that you would have included for Devour X and then Devour 3 and then accidentally didn't fix it. So there is a typo on the card, uh, which is fascinating because that means like the, it went through license or approval and they didn't catch a typo on a card, which is really interesting. But uh, I mean, there's still the idea in, where this, a is a T -Rex. this is the T-Rex from the end of Jurassic Park, not a legendary the creature. Idea, the card comes down. It's a 6-6. Six, six. You sacrifice three creatures. You get from your three creatures, you get nine counters. Mm -hmm. You now have a 15 power creature that can attack, kill something, and then deal a bunch of damage to, but it's, but you have to deal, right, uh, attacks deals equal to its power to up to one other target creature, excess damage dealt. So that means if there's no creature, you're just dealing full damage on attack, right? Like, that means that, that means if you sacrifice three creatures, this is a 15 power creature. I attack no, you. No, no. you I have, believe it doesn't do any damage. Like, you have to damage a thing. So that there's excess damage. Because, but it says up to one. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't do it, then oh, you'll be zero. I see, I see, I see. So, okay. So, so it attacks you. It I makes kill it, it your makes blocker. It so you don't have to target himself or a creature you control. You have a five, five. I attack you. I kill your blocker. I get 10 through to you and then 15 still. So you take Correct. 25. So, 
that it's it's cool and splashy and flavorful and beast like beefy in that cool sort of way yeah which is fun it doesn't feel overtly power like like it doesn't feel like it's doing like so much it just feels fun and cool it's a little weird that it's not legendary uh just because it's so iconic but still a fun card yeah, I, I just wish it was legendary. I think it's my biggest complaint. Like, this is the main character, according to George, uh, not George, according to Steven Spielberg of his own movie. This is the main character. Changed the ending last minute of the movie to make it so the T Rex arrived and showed up, even though it makes no sense because there's no door in that building for it to show up with. And does this isn't legendary? Isn't a legend? This is like a, one of the legendary moments of movie making history. Uh, next card is Henry Wu in Gen Geneticist, blue, black, green. Legendary creature, human scientist, Henry Wu, Ingen Geneticist, and other human creatures you control have exploit. Uh, whenever a creature with exploit enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. Whenever a creature you control exploits a non-human creature, draw a card. If the exploited creature has power three or greater, create a treasure token one four. Uh, this is the other one people are commenting like they probably didn't get the likeness rights for because it's yeah. him facing away from the camera. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, or that's the fact that he like wasn't in the middle six movies and was only in the first and the last two. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just reading this to make sure that I understand it. So it's three minute one for. I mean, the fact that it has exploit is like funny, right? It's flavorful. Like, yeah, kind of yeah. A funny thing. Good, good, good flavor. Um, exploit. If you have it, power three or greater, create a treasure token. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um. This card seems fun, I guess. Commander, it seems like it could be. It's it's inexpensive enough. There's enough like engine sort of stuff with it, but it doesn't feel pushed. It just it just feels cool, like a yeah. like, like a like a fun mid mid power. When you cast, when you cast a creature, uh, when you cast a human, sacrifice a non human, draw a card, and if it's a big non human, also make a treasure token is like a cool ability to play around. Um, it's it's like it's one of the like weird half your deck has to be humans, half your deck doesn't have to be humans. That always feels like to me that it'll never connect well. Uh, yep. But he's a human himself, so that that helps. Um, uh, already, do you have any thoughts on Ravenous Tyrannosaurus or Henry Wu? Back. Mm. <laughs> uh whatever Ben said. Perfect. Thank nice, you. Nice, Benny. She's no longer trolling me, guys. We're we're. Oh. One, one green black compy swarm dinosaur two two at the beginning of your end step if the creature died this turn create a cap token that's a copy of compy swarm so as i've learned many times with cards that make copies of themselves off of triggers this is is going to get very large a lot of them very quickly um sadly it's the beginning of your end step and not each end step i would agree yep that's the big, um, that's the big takeaway i mean if you're not messed with and you can take advantage of it uh, and these cl- the all stay alive and nobody messes with it. It will scale quickly. But again, from the perspective of like best case scenario, let's just say that you play like a accelerant on turn one, like a bird or something. And let's say this comes down on turn two. And also on top of coming down on turn two, you have some way to take advantage of the the, the payoff, right? Like mm-hmm. that's something, right? And so you start doing that. So that means that on at the beginning of your end step on Turn two, you get a second one. On turn three, you have four of these. On turn four, you have eight of them. And on turn five, you have 16 of them. So in a perfect world, you have 16 of these guys by the end of turn five. There's like a world in which that is possible. But to me, that's still like magical Christmas land because like 16 tutus in a game of commander, if you're like coming out perfect, people will mess with you. They'll kill things. 
And also, they're just two twos. There's no payoff. There's no win the game. It's between four players. Like it just feels to me like it's very and Christmas land is a uh, is a part of the Disneyland parks. Uh, this is dinosaur <laughs> land. Fair, 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 fair. Also, it doesn't have blue, which means that making clones and copies of it is not possible. So you're dependent on just doing the normal thing. I mean, you have stuff like Parallel Lives you can play in the context of that, and you yeah. have stuff like yeah, like all the yeah. doubling season stuff. I think also Copy Swarm in like a Marin deck where you're just like sacrificing things every turn, so it's like a free end game. If you've been able to like spore frog the game to like turn thirty you now have like this has been just become a massive army. So I think there's playable features for this deck and it's like costed, right? Uh, but I agree that it ha- you, you need to be doing something very specific with it. Um, all right, we have uh, one last dinosaur card. And this is this is uh, Grim Gigant Giganotosaurus. Five green black featured dinosaur, 10-10. Monstrous, 10 green black. Monstrosity 10. This ability costs one less to activate for each creature with power 4 or greater your opponent's control. When Grim Giganotosaurus becomes monstrous, destroy all artifacts and creatures other than Grim Giganotosaurus. Is this from the most recent movie? Uh, it's, it's actually not Gigantosaurus. It's Giganotosaurus, Alex. Giganotosaurus. I know this because when Universal hired me last year to do that Jurassic World Dominion thing for them, I did a perfect job on my stream doing all the interviews, except when I got to the reading of this uh, in the rehearsal, I was like Gigantosaurus because there's a magic card called Gigantosaurus. That's a dinosaur. And afterwards, they were like, just so you're aware, it's um, Gigantosaurus. You saw the film, right? Or the Giganotosaurus. It's Giganotosaurus. And I was like, yes, I'll make sure I know that. So, so this is from the most recent one. So I haven't seen that movie. Uh, so I'm not going to take any responsibility for saying this wrong. And Whitney agrees with me. It feels like it has a million. How would you, how would you say? How would you say that, Whitney? Grim, Giganotosaurus, Giganotosaurus, Grim, Giganotosaurus, Giganotosaurus, folks. That's the way it works. Giganotosaurus. Um... This card is cool. Uh, I'm, it's like so expensive, and the thing that it does that's cool is also expensive. The chances that I'm playing against enough opponents where they're going to have that many power four or graders to get this monstrosity ability to be relevant is really low, and the effect you get from it is fine. I, you, I guess you do get a twenty twenty that destroy uh, and the entire board of artifacts and creatures are dead. Um, I've actually, maybe this is a hot take. I like really don't like the monstrosity mechanic. I think like it's always kind of clunky. It's never good. It's committing way too hard to one creature that normally has to sit around and do nothing for a turn. Uh, Pulrukinos is lame. He said, you heard it here first. Uh, And this continues my thought there. And is I think even if you assume that you're curving out to seven mana, right? Black, green, five. The fact that you have to get to, uh, black green so let's just say that each opponent had one right let's say each opponent had one so now your your monstrosity of 10 is reduced to seven uh, and you play a land so now you have one more land it still means that like best case scenario you you hit your eighth land drop and each opponent has one creature of four or more you could then curve out the next turn but this is still assuming you have 
like that's like a lot of stipulations that are pretty bad. Like, yeah. Like you have yeah. to hit an eighth land and your opponents have to have threats for you to kill. There's just not a lot of upside for this card. Like if they don't have it and you hit your land, you still can't activate it the next turn. I think this card sees play if it's a if it was a legendary creature. I think the fact that this isn't legendary makes this like card basically unplayable. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, all right, so the last card for tonight, uh, and then we'll be signing off and letting Whitney go to bed, who has been a trooper. Thank you for joining the podcast, everyone. Uh, Whitney Kessler. Um, we're going to be reviewing Welcome to Jurassic Park. Uh, one green, green enchantment saga. Welcome to dot, dot, dot. Uh, one for each opponent up to one target non-creature artifact they control becomes a zero four wall artifact creature with defender for as long as you control this saga. So you get to turn a, uh, one of their artifacts into a wall. Uh, you then, uh, for two mana create a three, three green dinosaur creature token with trample. It gains haste until end of turn, but all your opponents have walls to block it. And then uh, for three mana, destroy all walls. Uh, so all of those, so you've destroyed all those non-creature artifacts. They're now, so so by the third round, you've destroyed all of them. And then you exile the Saga, saga and return to the battlefield. Transformed to Jurassic Park, legendary land. Uh, each dinosaur card in your graveyard has escaped. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost, plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. Uh, you may cast those cards from your graveyard for their escape cost, and you may tap it to add green for each dinosaur you control um this card's so cool i love the naming of this card too you love this card yeah i mean if i'm playing a dinosaur deck i'm going to want like the first ability is basically over like two turns destroy three artifacts get a three three uh dinosaur card and then get a gaia's cradle like you don't have to work for the gaia's cradle you have to like wait two turns you got a removal spell out of it and a and a three three dinosaur in the meantime. I think my my opinion on the card is everything you just said is fair in the sense that like this, if it works out correctly, it's cool. And I also think that you know some a lot of the different effects on this card are cool. I think this card in itself is trying to do too much, and for that reason, it feels a bit too complicated for me. That's the one thing about it that I don't love. It feels like the specifics of like each opponent non-creature artifact zero four wall then you get a three three then it flips then you're dealing with escape which is like a whole template from another set the dinosaurs probably have to be in your graveyard for escape to be good and then it's a cradle for dinosaurs all of that is cool and i can see this card will be satisfying if you're the dinosaur player but it just to me it illustrates a little bit of the over complexity of card design nowadays it feels like they have to fit so much onto cards that's my only takeaway. I don't I don't think it's a bad card. I like I I can see if I was playing this deck being really happy to have this card. It just I just feel like they to to make magic design space work, there's a lot of leaning into let's just staple like five different things onto this card and it's like reading a book sometimes. Like I think double face cards in general, my opinion is that they're a mistake. I'm not a fan anymore. And I think that they just this card illustrates a lot of the issues I have with them, which is just the sure. sheer number of things. Sure, sure, sure. I, I think I think for me, the reason I like this card, A, it tells a story really well, and it's like yep. the one saga for the Jurassic Park set, which it should tell the story of the movie, right? Um, it, it All of its effects when they happen are relatively simple, right? You're not working very hard to do any of these things. And like, if the end result is just like wait three turns to get Jurassic Park to land out, which ends up being like your creatures have escaped and, and Gaia's Cradle, like that card's really bonkers. Oh. And suspend three 
get that land from your deck is like a totally cool card that I would play. So that, that's kind of the way I'm reading it. Like it has some like adjacent value on the front end, but the real one is you're playing a three mana suspend card to get this land and this land is sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I think that the, the effects on the card are very cool. I just it illustrates to me a point that I, I find myself more and more aware of. And I think with designing so many magic cards, that's one of the limitations you run into, right? There's only so much design space. We they have to design will, a lot. I of will cards. need to just buy as many command powers with this brontosaurus on it as I possibly can. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So first off, thank you, uh, Whitney, for joining us. Uh, you've been a wonderful guest. As uh, how many stars would you give the Jurassic Park Magic the Gathering collab? One out of ten. Um, well, considering I haven't seen any of the other collabs. Fair, fair. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it can't be as good as, I'm sure the Lord of the Rings one is probably better. Maybe. Debatable. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is pretty, pretty, pretty bonkers. Pretty, pretty high level. I think that one, I think that one might be considered more problematic. Oh, really? Well, like two of the cards are maybe too good that they made, if not more. I still think from a flavor and design perspective, it's one of Magic's greatest accomplishments so far. That set has been that set sure, is a pretty, sure. pretty remarkable success on multiple levels. Like even even the two really good cards from it are are like maybe they're too good. But like the overall, like think about like think about like the the um the box toppers as a, as a great example. Right. Like they're the best box toppers ever. And flavorfully, they're so fun. They're such a cool thing to have that I can play. You know, like it, I mean, I can't think of one right off the bat, but like you know, Bridge of Kazanum, and it's like it's a friggin' and staring bridge. Like that's so cool. Like I, I, I think that that set did a great job. There, are, I have my complaints about there being too many of the same characters, but overall, I think you know, Glenn and the team did an amazing job on that set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really excited uh, for this set to come out, and excited to see all and all the other excellent cards, which we'll talk about next week, uh, are all great. If, uh, thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you haven't, I would love to hear what your favorite card of the Jurassic Park cards. Uh, is in the comments. Also, if there's one that missed that you uh, wish was included, uh, let us know. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast at the like, subscribe, uh, noti bell. Uh, also, check us out on TikTok. Both Masters Modern and myself are on TikTok. And then also make sure to follow us on all the other social media platforms. Uh, and uh, thanks so much, Ben. Any, any last minute shout? Oh, oh, this episode is brought to you by the Spikes Family Mission for Peanuts uh, card game. Um, it is a fun, uh, really quick uh, game. You can buy at Barnes Noble. Uh, target.com amazon all, all places games are sold uh and then we'll also be at pax unplugged so if you're going to be at pax unplugged you're going to be there with a booth selling that and also demoing our very brand new game sonic roll uh, which we'll be starting to share more information out very shortly sounds good to me yeah thank you guys uh i'm doing all the content basically on the mm cast uh, the mm podcast tiktok so if you want to check out more of my content that's the one to do and obviously as you guys know Cass wiley on tiktok is the guy so uh and you, you also be able to find whitney in every uh comment section of every message of modern she's such video. a she's wonderfully supportive troll of the account that's wonderful yeah. yeah yeah i'm helping you get comments so whitney. the algorithm is on tallies the interaction yeah absolutely uh all right thank you everybody thank you whitney thank you ben and we'll talk to you all next this has been a production of time traveler media Sending podcasts into the future.